Welcome to Solving Temporary Staffing Problems, the only podcast which helps you create winning MSP VMS programs that are efficient, comprehensive, and save you millions. Learn to enhance your current VMS MSP program or simply build your own with the absolute authorities in temporary staffing. to another episode of Solving Temporary Staffing Problems. I'm Brianna Strobel. And I'm Jean-Paul Renard. And today we're going to be talking about talent acquisition, specifically managing dramatic downsizing and upsizing of your labor needs. JP, how are you doing? I'm doing all right, Brie. I mean, this has been an interesting time. You know, um, this is like um, crazy, but uh, but I'm doing well considering all all the situation. Yeah, awesome. I know this topic, we picked it out because of everything going on with the coronavirus. Um, And it's because we're seeing just, I mean, we're in the staffing industry, we're seeing this huge, like every company is going through a dramatic upswing, whether it's they need a bunch more uh, temporary labor, or they're just completely shutting down, and they might not need them now, but they're thinking, shoot, I don't want to let these people go, I might need them in the future. So, JP, do you want to go off, uh, go ahead and start talking about this topic? Yeah, it's an important topic, um, and it's one that I want to highlight that you brought up as a good topic for us to bring up today. So thanks for, for highlighting this, because you're right. There are some dramatic increases and decreases that industries are experiencing right now. And with those increases and decreases, I thought it would be important for us to provide some strategies on how to manage, you know, whether you're on the increase or whether you're on the decrease. So let's start off first talking about companies that are on uh, the decreasing of staff right now, but their hopes um, is to increase that staff again once the pandemic is is over. So their their challenge is how do I retain that staff when in fact I've laid that staff off, whether it be temporary staffing or whether it be their own permanent employees, you know, in, in that case. So I thought it would be great um, that we start off by first communicating that there is new legislation that has been passed. So last Wednesday, the president signed into effect the short-term compensation programs and ex- expanded the kind of the old programs into this newer large umbrella programs. And it's encompassing about 28 states right now that have really adopted it. Uh, there are, if you if you do a Google search on sh- uh, short time compensation programs, you can see if your state is participating. I mean, there's you know from Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, California, all the a lot of the larger ones. Um, but there are you know including like New York and New Jersey. There's uh, but I would encourage you to to Google it. And the reason I thought it was important to highlight in this conversation was that basically what the law references is that you can downsize your current working population in amount of hours that you're providing, and the government is subsidizing the potential difference, the delta between the two. So if the person is working potentially half, you cut their hours in half, they might be able to to, uh, qualify for the subsidy that the government is providing for the other half to make up for the income so that you don't necessarily have to lay off the employee. So I would recommend that you you do a Google search and you see if your state is participating Mm -hmm. and potentially how to accomplish that and share that information over 
you know, to your employees. So like instead of laying off half your staff, it's cutting everybody's salary in half and applying for this. That's right. That's going on. That's right. Potentially. Yeah. Right. Potentially. Right. So in the case that you are in fact having to downsize and, um, and you envision trying to, you know, how do I attract that talent to return? Um, I thought of three key points that are, you know, critical in this process. One, the number one thing, and it sounds like, you know, sounds simple and potentially overlooked, is to stay in contact with your people. Like, keep them well-informed. So figure out a way that you can mass text, create a website page on your website that gives them daily information on what's going on in your company so that if you're building a forecast of when they can potentially return to work, that they're aware of that and they themselves can measure the amount of days that are occurring when they're out of employment. So they're potentially filing for unemployment, but they're still connected to you in one way or the other. So stay in contact, both in in, in ways from your, your website, from your ability to contact them through text, through mass texting, through emails, but stay in contact with your people so they know what's going on. Number two is keep your temp agency aware of your hiring forecast. So when you are going through this massive downsizing, as you're as you're your the business is changing throughout the day, I mean throughout the days that are coming and the weeks that are coming, you need to consistently communicate with your local staffing agencies or your managed service company um, in order to ensure that they are well aware of what your forecast looks like and they're prepared to ramp you up properly. Don't forget that the staffing agencies and managed service companies are built to deal with high increases and dramatic decreases. So when you need to ramp up, as long as they understand what the need is going to be ahead of time, they're they're built to manage that for you. And you want to leverage that. You also want to leverage, um, let me make a, a third point. Number three is related to this is working hand-in-hand with your managed service company to leverage their marketplace. A good managed service company is going to have a very large marketplace of suppliers, and they're going to be able to organize properly the ramp-up period that you're going to need. So when when you've lost those employees and you need to go back into a ramp-up period, working with the managed service company to leverage their supplier base is, is a really critical step and strategy. So that would be number three. Number four, consider retention bonuses. So how do we potentially incentivize temp labor to return? Um, We incentivize it financially as well. So although you may think as a business, well, um, I can't afford to potentially provide a, a, a bonus, a come back to work bonus, basically, right? If you show up on this date, we're going to pay you, we're going to give you a bonus uh, based upon you showing up. Well, I argue, how much will it cost you if you don't have the labor, right? So you, there has to be some kind of calculation to know that if only 50% of my labor returns, what is it going to cost me as a business by not having the other 50% and weigh that against the potential bonus that you can provide for people to come back. Right. So as being someone that's not typically familiar with that strategy, when do you release that announcement to the employee? Like as you're laying them off, you tell them or throughout, you know, this time of communication with them or as you're asking them to come back? Like when do you implement that? Yeah, it's a great question. 
So, you know, we are uh, in unprecedented times, right? So I, I don't want to say one rule will apply to everyone. Nonetheless, the sooner the better. And it goes back to the number one rule in all of this. Stay in contact with your people. Yeah. Right? Even though they're not in the building today, you've got to create a communication methodology that they're in contact with you and you're in contact with them. So if you didn't ideally provide them the information when you're laying them off, which would be the most ideal. Hey, we're laying you off. We think we're going to be back in business in 45 days. And we're going to be providing you a bonus if you come back, right? Uh, If you're able to do that from the beginning, great. If you cannot, because you weren't able to financially wrap your head around what you can and cannot do, uh, then it becomes leaning on that number one point, which is the staying in contact. Because if you're continuous, continuously communicating with them throughout the days and weeks, then you're going to be able to send out that communication to the group. That makes sense? Yeah. And definitely if you're promising, hey, we're going to give you a bonus when you come back, make sure to <laughs> keep good on that promise and fulfill that. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Sure. That's right. That's right. Otherwise, you're going to have a very untrusting um, staff there. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So what about companies that are are upsizing? There's a lot like, you know, fulfillment and uh, I know Amazon for sure, Walmart for sure. There's these companies that are having this huge upsizing and need for more labor. How do these people manage it? What strategies do you have? Yeah, great question. So let's 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 talk about the companies that that are suffering and the labor is available within those industries. Hospitality, housekeeping. Uh, restaurant workers, uh, production in the entertainment industry, um, small business owners. You brought up this point in our in our in our prep for this conversation today. Like small business owners, that their business is not creating income for them right now, and they need work. You know, they need to work. That's a labor pool. There's no question about it. Retail. Wow. I mean, like retail is really getting banged up, but it provides now this big labor pool that you can pull from. So, and the industries, to your point, that are on the upswing and bringing labor, supply chain, mm-hmm. right? Like the Amazons of the world, the yeah. Walmart.coms of e-commerce. the world, all of e-commerce. So, manufacturing, uh, manufacturing in most industries are an essential business uh, to the government because they're creating goods and services that are important to keep the world running for us. What about, uh, what about people making toilet paper? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> apparently they're really in demand right now yeah, yeah. I, heard. <laughs> I was thinking about actually quitting this job and like opening up a toilet paper manufacturing plant yeah it'd be a good idea yeah. right now. <laughs> yes. what about what about toilet paper delivery service oh my goodness that would be amazing we can't give away more business oh, ideas no, so we'll please. move on at this point <laughs> <laughs> that's such a great idea <laughs> Yeah, so these companies that that are on the upswing, like the toilet paper manufacturer, um, are in need of more people than than normal. And also, they're trying to figure out how to retain people um, in a different way. So what's the concern for somebody going to work today where there is a job? The concern is, I'm going to get sick, right? So... Uh, the the number one thing that you need to, as a business, if you're looking to continue to um, retain staff because you're growing right now because of this pandemic and you're in this essential category, right, essential business category, make sure that you're working in a safe work environment. 
right? Uh, follow some social distancing rules if you can and continuously communicate. Again, it goes back to that communication, back to your people, letting them know the do's and don'ts and creating a safe work environment. And if you do see an issue, you have to isolate that issue and make sure you're quarantining that issue so that people feel like you're doing a good job in the work environment and they can come to work every day. They feel safe. Yeah. So I have some other points on this. All right. So if you need a lot of people, again, you need to lean on your temp agencies. Again, the temp agencies are built to handle big swings of labor. So working with the temp agencies and working with the managed service company, if you're working with one today, to lean on their marketplace, right? Because maybe you're working with two suppliers uh, that are in your geographical area, but the managed service company might be working with 15 suppliers in that area. And you're saying, well, two sufficed for me in the past, but now I need so much more labor. You want to work with the managed service company for them to give you the highest performing suppliers in that geography so that you can expand your marketplace and expand your cast a wider net than finding more talent, specifically in these industries that are that are potentially loaded with talent like hospitality and housekeeping um, and production and restaurant workers and retail workers and so forth and so on. So lean on the agencies. Uh, job fairs. Mm. You, I know that we're talking about like how do I create a job fair where I'm not crowding people, right? Because now we have this these crowd mount mandates. Well, you can do job fairs virtually. You just have to promote them. Yeah. So you create a job fair within LinkedIn, within Facebook, um, within something you love, your Facebook marketplace, mm-hmm. right? And then as you're creating these job fairs, you need to just have an online portal where people can apply for work. And you can even join other job, fair, job fairs that are already present. Like you can set up your own. If you're a huge corporation like Walmart or something like that, you could probably have enough uh, jobs to fill where you could create your own. But you can also join some that already exist. There's like jobfairsin.com, uh, Upwork even. You can list your jobs on a lot of these type of sites. Indeed, you know, make sure you're posting. Absolutely, because it goes into the, my third um, strategy, which is advertising, to yeah. your point, right? So you're doing your jo- your virtual job fairs. To your point, maybe it's directly with your company. You're just doing your own. Um, and then you're advertising. This is the time to spend a couple of dollars in advertisement, you know, in LinkedIn or Indeed, um, all the job boards to ensure that you're capitalizing and capturing the labor that's out there. If, if you're a company that is always looking for uh, labor resources, this is the time to take advantage of it because there's more labor available uh, than ever before in, in the last four or five years. I mean, there's been a, a labor shortage. Yeah. Now there is a bit more of a surplus of labor. Now is the time to take advantage of that by, by uh, deploying some of these strategies as well. So I, I want to mention uh, two other strategies that I think are really, really important if you're looking to potentially bring in more people. One is watch your pay rates. So your pay rates are really important during this time. You would think that because there's so much more labor available that your pay rates are not as critical. You don't have to be very sensitive on pay rates. I I would argue that this is the time to ensure that your pay rates are within, at the minimum, within market value. 
And let me tell you who's done a great job at this. Amazon has done an incredible job with this. They've actually given raises to their workforce during this period of time. Wow. They're actually paying more money for certain shifts now uh, and significantly more money now during this period of time. They're viewing this, uh, and the reason I think that they're doing it is, is twofold. One, they view it as this is a talent acquisition opportunity. Like, boy, we can really capture our local market and dominate the hiring within our local market, capture them, and potentially we won't lose them to the competitor. Yeah. Right? When this is all said and done. So someone else, we got this, the talent from somebody else that had to downsize. We captured them and now we reined them in. We paid them more. Right? Smart. Really, really, really smart. And second, it's for the obvious to make sure that attendance continues to be strong because people are afraid to come to work. Yeah. So how do you deal with like someone doesn't have any paid time off, they're hourly or whatever it might be. What do you use as an incentive to like, okay, you have a fever, let us know and don't come to work because maybe they can't afford to be at home. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a really good question. I mean, you know, it's a sensitive subject because, you know, you're, 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 you're trying to manage economics with social responsibility, right? Yeah. As a company, your responsibility is in the overall safety of everyone. And at times you have to make tough decisions with an individual to protect the whole of the community. Yeah. So, you know, I'm always going to encourage businesses to protect their entire community and their, their, their workers and ensure their workers are safe. And sometimes that requires you making difficult decisions. So your pay rates, I think that this is an opportunity to look at some of the really good employers like an Amazon and a Walmart that have actually increased pay to capture the market. And you know, capturing the market is an opportunity today. There is a really good financial strategy that I wanna lay out real quick, which is payrolling services. So if you identify like, okay, there's all this surplus of, of talent and labor, if you identify a bunch of, of talent, but you say, well, I can't necessarily hire them on a permanent level. Um, what do I do? Like I have, you know, 50 people that came in here that I could hire. I got my cousin, I got, you know, my sister and their friends and they all worked in retail and I love these folks and they could work for us. Um, I'm going to tell you financially as a company, don't hand them off to a temp agency. You can create an internal agency and use a payrolling service at potentially 12, 15 points less in markup than, than to just hand them off to a temp agency. Right. So this is the time for you to potentially marry up well with a payrolling company to say, well, I've, I've identified 25 people that I'd like to hire. I'm not going to refer them over to the temp agency. I'm going to bring them in to a payrolling service so they're not quite on my payroll officially and I'm going to pay a fraction of what I would have paid. So I'm going to save money in this process. I'm going to pay the people properly. So And I'm still going to save money. And I'm going to capture the market. There's a huge cost savings opportunity in doing so. If you're working with a managed service company, they should be able to provide this service to you directly. So I highly recommend that you look at talent acquisition right now. That if you've done the heavy lifting and finding talent, 
you want to marry up to a really good payroll service in order to put them on there and not necessarily refer them over to a temp agency. I love it. That's a great strategy. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I mean, it's not as good as your toilet paper delivery service. Yeah, right. That was, <laughs> that was killer. genius. <laughs> that was killer. I'm just sad that you told everybody about it. I know. <laughs> Man, could have made millions. Totally. I mean, that, that was the reason we have these prep meetings. Like, that's what it <laughs> needed to come out, Brie. I mean, that, like, that was telling everybody. We lost it. That's somebody, some genius in Harvard right now just made an app while we were on the podcast right now (laughs) (laughs) and they got a whole bunch of students right now delivering toilet paper oh my gosh (laughs) so i hope those were really helpful those were super helpful yeah so we've covered how to handle dramatically decrease sizes and labor needs and how and dramatic increases if you have any questions about uh, any of the topics that we went over today and you have more specific uh, details or maybe a certain scenario we didn't cover Feel free to email us or call us. We will do our best to get back to you right away. Um, our official email for this podcast is actually JP's personal. So email jrenard at dwsworldwide.com. It will be linked or comment on any of these social posts or the podcast itself. Yeah, please reference in the subject line. Uh, Solving temporary staffing problems. Yes, yes. <laughs> so I don't overlook that. So that's really important. And again, I just want to thank the thousands of listeners that we've had now. I never thought that we would get such traction on this niche industry conversation. So thanks for following us and listening. And we really uh, welcome your thoughts and your comments and your ideas. Uh, So if there are topics that you want us to talk about, please let us know so that we can uh, tackle them for you. Yeah, who would have known? Four episodes in, we're uh, (laughs) doing pretty well with it. Hopefully we're adding value. So, this has been another episode of Solving Temporary Staffing Problems. I'm Brianna Strobel. And I'm Jean-Paul Renard. And we will talk to you guys next time.